Hello and welcome in to the mashup here on Broad Source Sports Gaming and everything in between. I am your host, Jake Patterson, and I, I hate that I have to I hate that I have to kick off the show this way. I like I hate that I have to kick off the show this way, but obviously, like UVA. The the UVA community, the the city of Charlottesville, your your community too, like UVA football fans. Obviously, like I I know I speak for all of Flames Nation when like we are praying for you guys so much right now. Like, holy frick. And I, I know like I know Virginia Tech is too. I know Old Dominion is too. I know JMU and William and Mary and all the other and George Mason and all the other Virginia schools. But like I can only speak for Liberty fans. <laughs> I, I can only even remotely claim to speak for Liberty fans. So uh that's why I led with that. But like another Virginia school, really? That this that this happened at? This sucks. Like this this sucks. And obviously UVA not not playing the game uh against Coastal this weekend. I hope I hope they can like come to get if, if they decide not to I I would have nothing I would have nothing negative to say about it but I hope they I hope they're feeling up to playing Virginia Tech next week like I I genuinely hope they're they're they feel up to play Virginia Tech next week because I feel like like that game is not gonna have anywhere near the same venom it normally does because like a lot of times rival schools like that are separated by a decent distance like let's let's just compare let me just compare real quick uh where is google maps let's 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 do the big one let's let's do the big one first um so directions from jordan hair from Jordan Hare to Bryant Denny. Uh, flying directions. What the heck? No, dri driving directions. Yeah, nearly nearly three hours, depending on which way on which way you go. Let's see, Lane Stadium. To uh, I don't know the name of UVA's. University of Virginia. Now, like actual actual UVA in Charlottesville. Yeah, it's it's a solid it's a solid like half hour closer. So it's still it's still a decent distance, but like. The difference between UVA and Virginia Tech does not feel as big as the distance between like Auburn and Bama. And obviously, like we've seen from history, if something like this happened at Auburn and like in Auburn or in Tuscaloosa, the same reaction would occur. But like, like Virginia Tech and UVA does not 
does not have as much vitriol as some of the other in-state collegiate rivalries. And like last week I was like, cause, cause Liberty's playing Virginia tech this week. I was, I was planning on coming on here and like saying, Oh yeah, we're going to like Virginia tech really sucks this year. We're going to kick their ass that, that UConn loss was a fluke. I'm, I'm still not happy about the UConn loss, but like, like, for whatever reason, talking about the, for, for obvious reasons, like talking about the Virginia schools, even, even a game between two of them that weren't directly involved, even though, you know, they're like Lynchburg's an hour from Charlottesville. Blacksburg is even further than that. So like, obviously they weren't directly involved in this, but like, especially since Liberty moved up to FBS, like there's, there's a brotherhood there. And I, I'm glad, I'm glad this gained traction because I think it was Monday night. A, uh, a Virginia tech reporter said, and he, and he tagged both, both teams, official accounts. Like, Hey, like Liberty, you guys should wear all blue. Virginia tech should wear all orange because like you combine the two, you get, you get UVA colors and like weirdly enough, the shades match (laughs) like Virginia tech orange. It doesn't look it, but Virginia tech orange is basically the same shade of orange as UVA orange. Like there's not a noticeable difference unless you put them in like a Pantone reader. Like they are, they are a step away from each other. And like same with Liberty's blue, like it is, it is almost an identical blue to UVA's, which like makes sense. Liberty's blue is the the blue of the American flag. UVA's blue is the blue of the Virginia flag, which are you know basically the same color. But yeah, hopefully, Liberty has already announced they're they're going all blue this week. So hopefully. Like, blue helmet, blue jerseys, blue pants. I don't know if Tech has orange helmet, orange jersey, orange pants. I know they I know they at least have an orange jersey. And, like, the call has been for for Liberty fans to wear blue and for, for Tech fans to wear orange, which, which would be cool. It would look a... Honestly, it would... Like, that would be a really, like, striking image on TV because normally when you look at Williams Stadium on TV, it is... It is red. Like, it is red. The only time I noticed any non-red color was the BYU game. When there were, when there were, and that was just like little pockets of blue on one side of the stadium. So, like, instead of that weird color clash of, of red and maroon with, like, a little bit of blue and orange sprinkled in, I hope you get, like, the like actually noticeable like blue in most of the stadium and then orange in the visitor section. Like, I I hope that's what it looks like on Saturday. That would, that would look really cool. Obviously I still want Liberty to win this game because like it's a big deal. Beating Virginia tech at home is, is a huge deal. Like if I told, if I told freshman me 19 year old freshman me in 2014, if I went back in time and said, oh yeah, in eight years, Liberty football is going to have a home game against Virginia Tech 
where they are eight point favorites. What? But like, I just, I just don't have it in me for, for obvious reasons. Like I, I want us to win obviously. Cause you know, still my team, it, it's still a football game. You still have to go out there and play. But it's it's going to be a totally different vibe, which which sucks that it had to be this way. But like I'm glad the all the other Virginia schools have have kind of jumped on this of like, no, this is we are we are all above this, and we're we're all going to help UVA get through this. So like I said, hopefully they can. They can play Virginia Tech next week. Like, I, I get why they're not playing Coastal. That that game doesn't mean... That game doesn't mean a thing. Like, that, that game means... That game means jack shit in the grand scheme of things. And really, so does the Commonwealth Cup, but... Like, UVA was was there to support Virginia Tech in, in 2007. And I know Virginia Tech's there to support UVA in, in 2022. So hopefully, hopefully they can play that game. Like, go out there and, go out there and put on a show. Like, like honestly, if, if they do play that game next week, I hope, I hope both teams have the best game of their entire freaking season. Like, just go out there and put on a freaking show. Is that game... Where is that game this year? Is it? Is it in Charlottesville? Or... Versus Virginia Tech football. As of right now, this game is still on. Um, okay, this game is at Lane Stadium. Yeah, right now... Right now, still. Right now, still no decision on the. On the Virginia Tech game, which I get. Like that's, that that's obviously a much tougher decision than. Than canceling the coastal game. Like that's that's a yearly that's like a that's like a yearly thing. It, it's a much bigger deal. It's it's a rivalry game. Like, I hope they can play it. I don't, I don't even care what else is on. Like, I would I would watch that. I would find a way to watch that game. I hope they can. I hope they can play it. But I would I would totally get why they don't. All right. So I know I I tend to avoid uh, topics like that on on this show. Cause that's just, that's just not what I want to be. I, I don't want to be the doom and gloom guy. I want to be the escape guy. Like that's, that's the whole point. I, of me starting this freaking show. Like that was, that was what I wanted to be. It's what I still want to be, but I, I felt the need to get that out there. I, I couldn't start off with the, with the normal or just like pretend everything was normal. It was like, Oh fuck Virginia tech. Like we're going to go kick their ass. Like, no, that's, that would be that would be messed up if i 
if I came out here and came out here, came came on here and started talking like that. Like, now let's, but now that that's out of the way, let's let's get to the the larger college football picture here and pick everyone's mood back up and like talk about the game we we love so much that is that is college football. This week, not a lot going on. Like, it's it's very much cupcake week. You can you can look at the schedules and see that. Like, even even teams who are playing in conference, like even members of the top four. If you look at the top four right now, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU. Uh, who is who is Georgia playing? Uh, Georgia, Georgia football. Who is their opponent this weekend? Or are they just on a bye week? <laughs> I think I think they they might just be on a straight up bye week because <laughs> it is not showing. Yeah, Saturday, November twelfth, the absolute blowout win over Mississippi State, and then. The only other game on their schedule is next Saturday against Georgia Tech, which should be a freaking cakewalk. Like, I know that's a rivalry game, but in the past few years, these programs have diverged very heavily from each other. Honestly, like, going back like 10, 15 years, maybe even longer, these two programs have diverged very heavily from each other. And uh, Georgia Tech is not the powerhouse they used to be. So, yeah, there's, there's that. (laughs) And, uh, like that, that again, like makes sense. They have a bye week before their rivalry game, as is SEC tradition. And honestly, the ACC has kind of also adopted this tradition. Like who is like Clemson's playing? Well, Clemson's playing in a conference game. Clemson's playing Miami. But like even even UVA and Virginia Tech, I know they make these schedules years in advance, and UVA scheduled Coastal and Virginia Tech scheduled Liberty the week before they play each other, and it's kind of weird that those. It's kind of it is kind of funny to me that those two rivals scheduled the opposite sides of a rivalry. <laughs> It's not as much of a rivalry as it used to be, but I still fucking hate Coastal Carolina. And that's how much I hate them. I don't usually swear when it comes to Liberty Athletics. Coastal is very much the exception. But, like, uh, Alabama's playing Austin P. Honestly, like, even in conference, Ohio State is playing Maryland. Michigan's playing Illinois. Illinois is much better than Maryland is, but they're still not good. They just lost to Michigan State two weeks ago. And Michigan State's not very good this year. And we all know the the Big Ten is a the Big Ten is an absolute two horse race this season, as it has been for the last like almost a decade at this point. Like the Big Ten is is firmly a two horse race. Like 
for a while that second team was Wisconsin. Like Wisconsin was in there while Michigan was was down and not doing so great in like the last couple years of Brady Hoke and the first couple years of Jim Harbaugh. Like the only game that matters for both of those teams is next week when they play each other. So I don't expect to see a lot of movement in the playoff rankings other than the off chance of TCU losing, which according to most metrics, that Baylor game is a coin flip. I think TCU is better than Baylor. Baylor is one of the better teams on their schedule. They, I don't know what the heck that game against Texas was. I, I never thought I'd see the day where two big 12 teams are just completely incapable of scoring touchdowns. Like the big 12, the, if you bet the under, you deserve to lose conference. Like if you bet the under in a big 12 game, it's your own fault. That is a statement of fact when it comes to gambling. Like if you bet the under in a big 12 game and win, congratulations. You just won like 10 to 15 times your money back, or at least you should have because a big 12 game going under is a miracle or a fluke, depending on, uh, depending on your perspective, mostly because if you bet the over and threw it into a parlay because the odds of a big 12 game going over are so high, you need to put it in a parlay to have a chance of winning anything. And the big 12 game going over is the only leg of a massive parlay that could have won you like five figures worth of money, like tens of thousands of dollars is the only one that doesn't cash. And shockingly, this is not something that has actually happened to me. Like, I know that's an oddly specific example. I came up with that off the top of my head. Mobile sports betting hasn't gone live in Maryland yet, so I have yet to gamble on sports. Like, that was a scenario I made up, and it sounds so ridiculously specific. It sounded like something that actually happened to me. Like, I realized as I was saying this, like, this sounds like something... This sounds like a bad beat that actually happened to me, and I'm still bitter about, but it's... It's genuinely not. Like, I made that up. It sounds like something that would happen to me, though. Like, with my luck. But it's... Like, it's Cupcake Week. Nobody's nobody's playing anyone. Who's Who is Tennessee playing? Tennessee is playing Vandy. No. They also have a bye week. Uh, Tennessee... At least according to, uh, at least according to Google, let's check ESPN. That's, I would assume they're on a bye week this week. Oh, no, they're playing, they're playing SC. Then who the heck is Georgia playing? Let's see who, because I I figured Georgia would be playing this week. Who is, who is Georgia playing this week? Oh, they're playing Kentucky. (laughs) That's. Kentucky's not good either. <laughs> that's that's an easy win for them. So yeah, everybody in the top four is playing games they they are more than capable of winning. And Tennessee, who is just outside the top four, is also playing a game they are more than capable of winning. 
like this is how cupcake most of the schedule is for college football this week. Game day is going to Montana. FCS University of Montana Grizzlies. And I know they go to at least one FCS game a year. And then they always do the Army Navy game at the end of the season because it's the last regular season game in the FBS. And like they are the only game that weekend. As is tradition. But like Cupcake Week is Cupcake Week is its own weird thing. Like not everybody does it, but Alabama and Auburn certainly do every year. Like Alabama, like I said, Alabama is playing Austin P. Like that sounds like a person. That sounds like they were just playing against a person. So I don't expect much shakeup in the top four at all this weekend. I think this is the first time all season that the committee has gotten the top four both both composition and order correct. Because, like, a couple weeks ago, when Clemson was in over Michigan, that was a joke. Uh, Clemson was, uh, like, Clemson was undefeated, and then they lost to Notre Dame, and that's what dropped them out and put Michigan in. But, like, Michigan should have been in from the beginning. I know their resume isn't as good as Ohio State's, but, like, they're still also undefeated. And the game with Ohio State is a Heisman Eliminator game for C.J. Stroud and um, Blake Corum. C.J. Yeah, C.J. Stroud and Blake Corum. Like, it's a Heisman Eliminator game for those two guys. Whoever doesn't win that game is probably not winning the Heisman unless they both absolutely ball out. And even then, they're probably both going to absolutely ball out. So then you give the tie to whoever's team won the game. (laughs) So yeah, I think... I think winner of that game, their guy has a real chance to win the Heisman. Depending on what Tennessee does the rest of the way, maybe throw Jalen Hyatt in conversation. If LSU pulls off a miracle in the SEC championship game against Georgia, which is unlikely, like I don't think that's happening and that would just cause pure chaos but it was something it was something Scott Van Pelt brought up on Sports Center on uh, on Tuesday night and I was like uh, oh no Scott why did you put this into the universe that would be an absolute nightmare but yeah this is it's kind of it's kind of a slow week of college football like the main thing that has my interest is the Liberty Virginia Tech game and like, I just, I just don't have the same fire for it that I did a week ago for obvious reasons. But yeah, happy, happy cupcake week. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll light the fires again for college, for college football next weekend, because that's when all the good games happen. Cause like, sure. The iron bowl won't be all that interesting this year, Georgia, Georgia Tech won't be, but you get Gus Johnson on Ohio State, Michigan, because obviously Fox called dibs on that game. So it's the noon game next Saturday. It's the first big game of the day. That's going to be huge. Like, we'll, we'll light the fires of college football again next weekend. But 
for this week, that's all I got for college football. Sorry, it wasn't the normal, like, let's get hype and excited, but my reasons are pretty clear why. Up next, we'll uh, switch gears sticking in college. And this, this I will bring the energy for. We're going to switch over to college basketball. That's coming up next here on The Mashup. All right, let's switch gears and talk about, honestly, what has been my favorite sport for a few, like my number one for a few years running now. College basketball. And an absolutely beautiful thing happened Tuesday night. Kentucky and Duke both lost on the same day. It was a glorious thing. (laughs) It was beautiful. And I mean, I'm taking the opinion of one Kentucky fan here who is not a sports reporter. He is a wrestling reporter. Uh, Sean Ross Sapp. uh, If you like wrestling and you're not following him, follow him. Dude is a good follow. But he also has some very funny Kentucky fan tweets. Mostly because they're incredibly salty. And it was the first time I have seen a Kentucky fan admit that John Calipari is not the second coming of... Oh, I'm totally blanking on the guy's name. John Wooden? Yeah, John Wooden. Like, Calipari is not the second coming of, of John Wooden or Coach K... Like old Coach K, Coach K that would actually win things. Or Roy Williams or Dean Smith or any of these other really good coaches. Now, he is he is just a used car salesman who's really good at recruiting and then does absolutely nothing else. And during that prime era. We're getting like one or two one and done guys would it bait, which was basically like 2011 to 2015. It was not a very long window is, uh, and college basketball has passed him by. And now his recruiting chops can do nothing to help him actually win against superior coaching. (laughs) Because now like his one and done guys, I know he has Oscar Sheepway who shockingly came back for another year. I, I was stunned that Sheepway came back for another year. I figured he was gone, but yeah, like a few years ago, I remember they didn't have a single senior on senior night. I think they had one manager who was who was recognized on senior night. Like they didn't have a single player. And it would have been like that absolutely stacked Carl Anthony Towns class which uh you know almost went 40 and 0 only to lose in the final four to Wisconsin. Or no, they they lost the they lost, no, they they did they did lose in the final four because they didn't go to the national championship game. They were undefeated. They were a one seed. It was beautiful. And then a year later, like a painfully average Kentucky team 
just a brutally average. It was either no, it was the year before. Brutally average Kentucky team, like still full of one and dones, but they just never developed. Made it as an eight seed, and then a year later, this seemingly unbeatable juggernaut of a Kentucky team lost in the Final Four to Wisconsin. It was very funny. But I I once again think they're not all that good. Like, one, the fact that you went... All props to Michigan State. Michigan State's legit. Like, when the new rankings come out next week, they could very well go from unranked to the top ten. Like, they're two and one. Who's their, who's their other win against? I would assume it's nobody special. Let's see. Yeah, what are their let's let's check their Wikipedia page because that would actually have the full schedule. Uh 2022 season. Does it have their schedule? Ha, here we go. Uh Grand Valley State, which was a a scrimmage effectively. Uh Northern Arizona, who they beat by 18. Again, at like at at Breslin Center. So not, not a surprise there. One point loss to Gonzaga on the deck of the USS Abraham Lincoln, an aircraft carrier. <laughs> and a win in Indianapolis against number four, Kentucky. So like that Northern Arizona win, not all that impressive, but when you take into account their other two games, a nine-point win over number four on a neutral court and a one-point loss also on a neutral court outdoors at sunset on the deck of a freaking aircraft carrier and a game that they were they were comfortably winning for a good chunk of it until... Until, you know, the clock hit Timmy time and Drew Timmy took over. And speaking of Drew Timmy, he is a natural senior. Like, no COVID year, no red shirt, no nothing. He is just year four senior. Like, 2019-20, 2020-2021, 21-22, He is just year four senior. He's got another year after this, but... Because... Uh, Nobody used a year of eligibility playing in 2020. But the man is just a year four senior. It feels like he's been in Gonzaga for 10 years. He hasn't. He's only been there for four. <laughs> like, I texted one of my friends. And it is like, it feels like Drew Timmy has been in Gonzaga forever. And he responded, well, yeah, COVID. And I looked him up. No, his freshman year was 2019. <laughs> like, he didn't get an extra year. He hasn't used it yet. <laughs> Like, this is just his fourth season of playing college basketball. And and going into that game, going into that game against Michigan State, this number has since gone up because I think they've won two games since then. But going into that game against, against Michigan State, in 98 college basketball games, He was 91 and 7. He's 84 games over 500. 
Let's just see. Let's let's actually check Gonzaga. Let's, let's actually check Gonzaga's schedule this year because I'm pretty sure they're three and zero. Wait, this isn't their this isn't their current season. There's their current season. Okay. Yeah, there are. Wait, was this game was this game against Tennessee legit? Because they lost by nineteen. Which is shocking. What what's their let me scroll up. What's their record? Are they three and no, they're considered they're considered two and oh. Oh, both of these games were just uh both of these games were just scrimmages. Oh yeah, they were exhibition games. So that's something to keep an eye on. Obviously they weren't they weren't trying as hard, but still, a nineteen point loss to Tennessee, even even in an exhibition game. But comfortable 41-point win over North Florida. So their only other... So yeah, they were... They were 84 and... Drew Timmy was 84 and 7. Or 91 and 7 going into that game against Michigan State. So now he's... uh, Now he's 92 and 7. The man is 85 games over 500 as a college basketball player. Which is an absolutely bonkers number. And yeah, here, here's a hot take for you. Gonzaga is going to be really freaking good this year, but so is Michigan State. Because again, they held on for dear life against Gonzaga and almost beat them, again, on the deck of a freaking aircraft carrier at sunset. And they were shooting in the direction of sunset in the first half. Because, you know, like, you're playing outdoors. The sun is going to be a factor. Thankfully, it wasn't... Uh, according to... Uh, who was on commentary for that? I think it was it was Dan Schulman and Jay Billis were on commentary for that one. And they said the day before that game, it was super freaking windy. So they were concerned, like, oh, this is going to royally screw up the game. But thankfully, that had died down. It was just... they had to contend, They had to contend with the sun for, like... I think it was like 25, 30 minutes of game time. They had to contend with the sun, like all of the first half and a good portion of the second half. They had to contend with the sun shining directly in players eyes. And Michigan state was shooting on the basket, facing the sun in the first half. And that was when they were winning. And then in the second half, Drew Timmy took over and, uh, it was, it was insane to watch. Like I've been watching Drew Timmy for four years. His abilities on the basketball court still blow my freaking mind. It's it's just so early in the season yet, though. I don't know who's who yet. Like, I don't know what to think about Duke with with John Shire. I like. I'm obviously working off the assumption that North Carolina. Probably still going to be pretty freaking good this year. They made the national championship last year when absolutely no one expected them to, mostly on the back of Armando Baycott, but still. Actually, almost, actually exclusively on the back of Armando Baycott. That dude carried that team through the freaking tournament. Kansas, defending national champions, they're clearly still very good because they just kicked the crap out of Duke. They're probably going to move up in the rankings. 
because oh what's that kid's name the the new guy is it i keep thinking it's grayson dick but that's no that's uh that's dick grayson the original robin what the what the heck is that kid's name and it's weird referring to a cop being grady dick that's what it was People are going to hate this guy. <laughs> People are going to hate this guy so much. And it, like, because one, if you don't know what he looks like, look up a picture of him. The picture I'm looking at is very clearly his, like, McDonald's All-American shoot. He's got his, like, yellow McDonald's All-American jersey on. Which is weird because he's wearing it with blue shorts and normally, you know, basketball uniforms top and bottom match, unlike football. Uh, bright red and yellow shoes with his legs crossed, his feet holding a basketball, hand, chin in his hands, resting on his arms, laying on his stomach. It looks ridiculous. Five years ago, this dude would have, would have been, like, if this guy was five years younger, he would have been at Duke. <laughs> Like if this guy was was born in mm, this this hurts to say out loud. If this guy was born in let's say if he's if he's eighteen now, that means he was born in two thousand four. If if this guy was born in nineteen ninety nine, which hurts me like physically hurt me to say out loud, he would have been at Duke. Like if this guy was born any time before, honestly, two thousand two he probably would be playing at Duke right now. <laughs> and he would have just been another Grayson Allen. Like, he looks like like that Duke vein. Christian Leitner, J.J. Redick, Grayson Allen, obviously. Like, he is just in that vein of tall white guy who's annoyingly good. Like, he is going to be, people are going to hate this guy and it's going to be hilarious. Like, yeah, Wojo, JJ Reddick, like, this guy, this guy is going to be like the ultimate college basketball villain. And if this guy wasn't as good as he was and as he is, and he went to like, some ace on school. I know the jokers would brutally make fun of this picture in, in the unlikely event, Liberty ends up playing Kansas in the tournament. Cause I think, I think we'll be a, a high enough seed to avoid playing a one seed in the inevitable one seed that still clearly very good team. Kansas is going to be this year. Or even if they drop to the two line, like Liberty's not going to be a 15. <laughs> Liberty's probably going to be, like, at worst, a 13. So, honestly, couldn't, depending on the seating, very well could end up playing them in the second round. And that's not going to be pretty. As much as I love my team, they will get their shit rocked by Kansas. 
Like they're my team. They will always be my team. And I will want them. I will be cheering for them to win that game, but I will not be shocked if they get absolutely deleted by Kansas. I would like straight up. I would drive to Lynchburg to celebrate that win for the next, for the, for the week after the fact, if, if Liberty were to beat Kansas in the tournament, that would be insane. It's not happening. But, like, putting that out there, that in the unlikely event it happens, I want to have a record of me saying that so I can hold myself to it. But still, like, that's kind of what I got to do at this point in the season is speculate. Like, obviously, I think Alabama is going to be very good, and I want them to because they kicked Liberty's ass. I, uh, I think Kansas is going to be very good. I think UNC is going to be very good. Duke, I'm not sure yet because it's the first year of John Shire. That could go either way. Um, yeah, I think like let's just let's just take a look at the AP top twenty-five for basketball because I don't actually I don't actually know it off the top of my head right now. Yeah, UNC number one, no shock there. Houston number three. I forgot about them. That team has a bunch of grown-ass men. Like, they have taken advantage of the extra COVID year, and that team is just loaded with, like, grown men. <laughs> uh, Kentucky, Baylor, Kansas, Duke, all of this makes sense. UCLA, Arkansas, Creighton, Texas, Indiana, Auburn, Arizona, TCU, Virginia. Yeah, like, these teams are all going to be very good. How the hell is TCU still ranked above Virginia? If if UVA gets if they play Baylor this weekend, I think that I think the basketball team will will probably play this weekend. Because when is when is that game? That, that game's Friday night. Like right now, that game's still on the schedule. If they win that, they'll they'll probably shoot up the rankings a little bit. Yeah, I I can. Yeah, most of the teams in this top twenty five are going to be pretty good. Like, Houston's been good for a while, and now they have, like, true veteran leadership. They have, like, 23, 24-year-old guys on that roster. <laughs> like, they have they have legit, like, veteran leadership now. It, and it's good to see IU back in the top 25. They've had a rough go of it uh, since they fired Tom Crean. Like, it's nice to see them. It's nice to see them back in the mix because... Like I always, I always like Big Ten. I always like the Big Ten during basketball season because it gets, like, usually the Big Ten is one of the more chaotic of the big leagues. I don't know what the heck the Big East is going to be this year without the with, with you know the no Jay Wright thing, and Shaheen Holloway moving in at at Seton Hall after getting himself the bag and getting the chance to go back home after an awesome run with St. Peter's like now this very good coach has an actual budget has a school with some name clout and some facilities that aren't falling apart. Like those videos and pictures that were coming out of, of St. Peter's basketball facility were shocking, <laughs> but also very funny because they had just beaten Kentucky. And you know, had the 
had the farthest run of any 15 seed ever. And honestly became the best Cinderella story. Like, they, even as a 15, in my mind, they kind of unseated UMBC. Because they actually beat a full-strength Kentucky team. And then they made the Elite Eight. They, they made the Elite Eight, right? Did they make the Elite Eight or... Did they make the Elite Eight or did they make the... Uh... No, they made the Elite Eight. They beat freaking Purdue. <laughs> they beat Kentucky, Murray State, <laughs> and Purdue. And then lost to North Carolina by 20, but zero shame in that. God, what an awesome tournament last year was. Like, last year was such an awesome tournament. I hope we get that again this season. And I think we will because, like, college basketball has well and truly... Like, college basketball was honestly the first one to to truly bounce back from, from Rona because the 2021 tournament was pretty meh. Just because, you know, empty crowds and all that. Like, college... Like, baseball was really the first one to actually come back. But, like, the 2022 tournament was like, yeah, we're finally done with this shit. Like, it was that and, honestly, the first Virginia Tech home game. Because it was on a Friday night. And they played Enter Sandman. And Lane Stadium was shaking. But yeah, I'm I'm very hyped for this this college basketball season. I think we're in work for a wild ride. And I haven't talked about them in this segment because they haven't other than losing to Bama, they haven't done anything like of national prominence yet. Like they kicked the crap out of a D2 and they beat Maryland Eastern Shore at home. Like that they obviously showed promise because they have depth now, which they did not have last year. <laughs> And, like, the freshman guys from last year, who are now sophomores, have improved. And the freshmen this year are way better than the freshmen from last year were at this point in the season. So, I I have hope for what Liberty's going to do this year. Like, with an extra year of Darius McGee and a freshman class, like, ready and willing to take the torch from him and the other seniors. Like, yeah, I I have hope for this team this year. It all depends on it all depends on seeding and you know with being in a crappy conference like the A Sun. It's a little annoying, but hey, hopefully that'll change soon enough. But that's what I got for college basketball. What did you guys think of uh, the first couple weeks of the season so far? Obviously, got a big game this weekend. Like Gonzaga's playing Texas in like two hours when I'm recording this. That's going to be a really good game. And then Gonzaga's playing Kentucky on Sunday night. That's going to be an even better game. Because <laughs> one, I think Mark Few is going to coach circles around John Calipari. And Gonzaga's just going to dominate. But it'll still be fun to watch because uh, Kentucky losing two games in less than a week is is very funny to me. But that's what I got for college basketball up next. Yeah. I have opinions. We're going to talk about Call of Duty. It's coming up next here on the mashup. All right, Call of Duty. I have a fucking bone to pick with you. How do you get everyone hyped for, for this season one update? 
and you break the game even more. You drop a game, like you spend a year. Actually, no, you spend the last three years crapping on Piccadilly with the rest of us and talking about how much even you hated it. And it was in the CDL play, it was in the CDL play pool for all three modes. It was terrible. Then you release a game with like six Piccadillys that are even worse and take forever to load because you're too damn lazy to make any new maps. You just shrink down sections of the Warzone map and call it a day. Like half the maps in the game are part of the Warzone map. And guess what? All of them suck. Like Hydroelectric is the only one that doesn't want to make me break my controller. And even that's got so much bull crap on it with all the swimming and everything. <sighs> and I've already had so many problems trying to play with my friends. If I party up with my friends, there's like a 70% chance I can't edit my loadouts. There's like a 90% chance matchmaking is going to glitch and we're going to have to start it all over again and deal with your god-awful UI to try to party back up. And there's a very good chance my game might just completely crash and like, even though all my friends are in game, I'm just on the main multiplayer menu, but I'm still in a party and not party leader, so I'm completely locked out of everything. And now the friends list doesn't work. So you have to do some weird loop around like engineering hack to try to party up with your friends. And you made footsteps louder. <laughs> Everyone was complaining about how loud footsteps were. The fact that turning dead silence on made a fucking noise and you made footsteps louder, and you made the dead silence activation sound louder. Do you hate your player base, Infinity Ward? Because this is how you make your player base hate you. This is insane. Like, I had so much hope for this game. You had a massive name to live up to. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. No subtitles. The only distinction is it's the Roman numeral instead of the number. That is the only thing distinguishing it title-wise from the 2009 game. Which, I will admit, had its problems. Like, the 2009 game had its problems. It was an unbalanced mess. Activision screwed over most of the Heads of Infinity Ward. So, they never really patched any of it. But the maps were fun, most of them. There were a couple bad ones, looking at you derailed. But the maps were good. The multiplayer was fun. And everyone looks back on that. And everyone considers 2009 to 2012, myself included, the absolute peak of the Call of Duty Golden Age. Well, really 2013, because it kind of ended with the launch of Ghosts. So the entire year of Black Ops 2's life cycle was, was the Golden Age of COD. Those, like, four years... That four-year window, 2009 to 2013, 
why would you do everything to be not that? Why would you do literally everything to be not that? I don't get it. I had so much hope for this game. I was, I was huffing more hopium than I did for Halo Infinite. And like, to quote, to quote one of the best villains from the Halo franchise, see how my faith has been rewarded. Not this, I cannot say the same for Call of Duty. Because clearly, all you give a fuck about now is Warzone. Because half of your regular multiplayer maps are just shrunk down se sections of the Warzone map. And not the good ones! High-Rise, Terminal, Dome, Quarry, and Rust. And Showdown. Six different iconic modern warfare maps across from across the entire original trilogy. Most of them MW2, I will admit. But one COD 4, one Modern Warfare 3. So, six of the best multiplayer maps you have ever made are just sitting in the Warzone map. Knowing. Just taunting normal multiplayer players. Knowing if we want to experience these actually good maps, we have to play fucking Warzone. That's why, like, if you notice a lot more vitriol about Warzone from me, I've finally taken the gloves off. Because I know for a fact, like, most of those classic Modern Warfare 2 and 3 maps won't get added to the base game that I paid for when Warzone is free. Won't get added to the base game that I paid $100 for won't get added to the base game until next year. And you want another 70 fucking dollars for that? No. High Rise is already in Halo Infinite for free. And it's the real High Rise. It's the, it is a one-to-one -one replica of Modern Warfare 2 High Rise. I could download that map and play it in Halo Infinite right now. And it would probably be a better version of whatever bastardized clone of of high rise you put in warzone to cater to the br bitches and i'm not i'm not lumping everyone who plays warzone into that category don't don't twist my words here i am mostly talking about the sweats who scream that every first person shooter needs a battle royale when it does not and just camp in fucking corners and just play for placement and don't start actually killing people until final zone Like, my vitriol and hatred for, like, until, like, this past week, my opinion of Warzone was, I don't give a crap about that, but whatever, I don't play it. They can just do whatever they want. But now, no, like, finally taking the time to absorb how much the multiplayer maps in Modern Warfare 2 suck, and knowing there's six very good maps just sitting in Warzone, and I have to pay more money to get them a year from now, knowing they are finished. Like, that's why I hope, like, I have never said this about a game ever. 
I hope it sucks. Like I have never said this about a game or a genre of games in my entire life. Like I'll use an example that often gets, often gets attacked by other like games journalists because it's too hard. I don't play Soulsborne games. The, the only, the only exception is Jedi Fallen Order because it's a Star Wars game and it has an easy mode because, and I think it should because it's a Star Wars game that is just using those mechanics to tell its own story and have an interesting narrative. It's not buy from software. It is by Respawn. I don't play Soulsborne games. I've never played I didn't play Demon Souls. I've never played any of the Dark Souls games. I didn't play Elden Ring and I didn't play Bloodborne. And I probably never will. I don't like the art style. I don't really like I don't really like torturously hard gameplay, but I don't want those games to change. Because I know they have a fan base and I know their fan base appreciates them for what they are. I do not have the same respect for Battle Royales because Battle Royales have infected, like, arcade shooters. Battle Royales have infected arcade shooters and ruined them. Modern Warfare 2, 22, the the one with the Roman numerals, is a joke of a game. It is a leveling simulator for Warzone 2. That's all it is. It does not have its own personality. And that is a crime. Like, for the longest time, it's just like, eh, Warzone, I don't play it, whatever. No, I'm, I'm taking the fucking gloves off. Simply, simply because of that map thing. Like, there are three decent maps in Modern Warfare 22 multiplayer. Crown Raceway, Greenberg Hotel, Farm 18, and I'll throw Hydroelectric in there. So that's four. You launched with 10. And all the others make me want to snap my controller in half. Tarak is garbage. Embassy is... Embassy is awful. All of your maps are absolutely terrible. And you expect me to pay another $70 a year from now for the good ones. When we all know they're already finished and in the game. That's what pisses me off. That's what's made me truly hate Warzone. God. Like. Like I said. Halo Infinite. I'm a I'm a Halo guy first. Cause I, I played Halo 3 for a full year before I I bought original Modern Warfare, Call of Duty 4. Cause I actually bought I actually bought COD 4 in 2000 in like late 2008. World at War was already out. So I bought OG Modern Warfare. I bought World at War. I had already played Halo 1, 2, and 3. And I think Halo Wars. So I am a Halo guy to my core. But I've been playing COD for almost as long in terms of like online multiplayer. Because I didn't have Xbox Live until 2008. And like the end of 2008. 
which was right, which was not long before I started playing Call of Duty. So in terms of online multiplayer, I've been playing the two of them about the same amount of time. But like, I'm, I'm more than prepared to go full Halo guy. Like I have been huffing so much hopium. I almost overdosed on it for the last year when it comes to Halo Infinite. And now the Forge is out. I have been rewarded for that, as has the entire player base. Most of our best maps are coming back for free. Blood Gulch, Guardian, Haven. These are all incredible maps, and they're free. The Pit should be back within the month. Free. Shame on you, Call of Duty. And I didn't even get to the CDL scans. I thought last year's were the worst you've ever made. Nope. Why are you so concerned with realism when in about three weeks you're adding Lionel Messi, Neymar, and Paul Pogba as playable characters? Like, you're portraying three soccer players as being on the same level as, like, top-tier special forces operators. Heh. And you're, and you're trying to enforce realism on the, on the professional player skins. Like, why do they have to be so freaking boring? You had it perfect in Cold War. The Cold War CDL skins were awesome. If I wasn't broke, I would have bought more. It's the only game I've ever bought CDL skins. And it's looking like it's going to stay that way. I bought two HCS skins in Halo Infinite. And I'm probably going to buy more. I'm not going to buy CDL skins in Modern Warfare 22. Because they're terrible. And one of them is just perfect for sweaty freaking campers. Because it's all black and it just has one big red logo on it on the chest where if you lay down, you're not going to be able to see it. Little bit of red on the chest that if you're crouched, your arms are going to cover it. Your arms and your gun are going to cover that logo. So you'll just be jet black. And of course, that's my team. So my team is going to be associated with those assholes who, who are running that skin. Thanks, guys. <sighs> yeah, I I knew I was angry. I didn't realize I was this angry. It felt good to get all of that out. Holy crap. Like, shame on you, Call of Duty. Holy frick. Like, I, I didn't think I'd I'd pull a Vanguard on this game and abandon it after a week. But that's looking incredibly likely. Because you somehow made a game that I was already mad at even worse. Good job, guys. That's what I got for Call of Duty. Up next, we'll uh, switch gears again. Talk some NFL. It was honestly a pretty good weekend for them. It's coming up next here on The Mashup. All right, I have cooled off. I went and fed the dog, turned some lights on for him because it's uh, dark in here. But let's talk, let's talk football. 
this was an insane weekend for the NFL. Like the the Munich game was a massive success for the NFL. Like holy frick. Like I've questioned the London games. I've I've legitimately questioned the London games on multiple occasions. Like like playing American football at Wembley feels very odd. It's funny, but like something feels something feels off about it. Like same same thing with playing baseball in England. Like something just feels wrong about about both of those things. But like playing football in Munich, one friggin' beautiful stadium. Like that's that's but that to me looked like Bayern Munich Stadium. And I believe it was, because I think that's the biggest stadium in Munich. And it is a it is a gorgeous venue. And they got an awesome game. And honestly, I think it's very funny because lately I've been getting a lot of like mostly the response videos to American suck content on TikTok. Like, oh, Americans suck. They don't have any culture. And then I watched a video. I see this video of a stadium in Munich that is meant pretty much exclusively for soccer, completely packed out. And one, them doing the giant flag thing, which is, is very American with, with obviously both the American and the German flags, like one doing the giant flag thing and like getting a positive reception to that from the crowd and the entire crowd singing country roads like an entire crowd of Germans sang a song by John Denver, which is ostensibly about West Virginia, a place most of them could probably not identify on a map without help. They could probably get in the right, right general area, but like if you handed the average German person with an unlabeled map of the States, like the borders are there. I don't think they could point to West Virginia. That's fine. Most people from West Virginia probably couldn't find Munich. They probably might know where Berlin is because that's actually like relevant to history. Like Munich is too, but not as much. Like Berlin's the capital. So the average American is much more likely to know where it is. Like, I don't know where Munich is off the top of my head if you handed me an unlabeled map of Germany. I could probably point you to Berlin. I could probably point to where Berlin is, but that's about it. So, yeah, like, seeing a stadium full of Germans all wearing a random assortment of NFL jerseys, singing country roads, seemingly unprompted? No, it was playing. It was definitely playing. But they all definitely knew the words. Because, <laughs> like, if you don't know the words to that song, even if it's playing, you're not going to be able to sing along to it. until Unless it, like, loops through multiple times. But no, that was, that was the beginning of the song. Like, that was the first time through the chorus. So I, I very much appreciated that because... Uh, it proves all the America haters on TikTok wrong that a crowd full of Germans were 
participating in some very American activities. You know, watching a football game, a football game which included Tom Brady and singing Country Roads by John Denver. Like, what? <laughs> but the, the Buccaneers did, in fact, get the win because they actually, you know, looked like they were supposed to all season again. Other than that weird trick play where they were throwing passes to Tom Brady. God, that play was weird. But yeah, they, they actually got a reasonably good game because a lot of times the London games suck. Like the London games have been okay this year. Like let me scroll back. When was when was the last London game? I know it was the Giants. Um Oh, it was the Giants and the Packers. That that was that was the London game, right? Yeah, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Oh, so it wasn't at Wembley. It was at uh it was at White Hart Lane. But yeah, like that that was actually an okay game. <laughs> but it was also the Packers, so was it really? I mean, the Packers remembered they were good. But still, like I think uh, I think I think Germany got the better game. I think uh, I think Germany got the better game than England did this year. Like keep doing Germany games. I always I always kind of figured I I never really knew why I thought this. It just felt like Germany would be a better international market for football than England. I don't know why. It just it just felt like yeah, Germany would be into this. I I've never been to Germany. I I've, the one time I've left the country was Canada. Like I've never left North America. I've never been anywhere in Europe. But part of me was like yeah, Germany would be way more into American football than than England is. And I think I was proven right this weekend. Like the England crowd was good when you had the the British Packers fans uh chanting shove your fucking cheese up your ass, which was very funny. Honestly, like other teams should adopt that and chant that at the Packers. Cause that's that's very funny. But obviously the the real best game of this weekend was uh Bills Vikings. Like that game was insane. That game was absolutely bonkers in every way imaginable. Like Josh Allen, not a hundred percent, has a messed up has a messed up possibly UCL. He still put on a friggin' show. Justin Jefferson put on a show. Like, Ravens, can you Maybe, you know, try to try to get him. Is, is he on a contract? Is I, I would kill to have Justin Jefferson on the Ravens. Is he going to be a free agent? Justin Jefferson. Contract. Let's see. When did they? I mean, he's 23. So I think I think he. Yeah, free agency 2024. God dang it. So he's got he's got a couple more years. He's got he's got two more years on the Vikings. And they're good this year, so they aren't trading him. Frick. I, I would kill to have Justin Jefferson on the Ravens. Like my God. But that game was absolutely insane. 
Justin Jefferson put on a a freaking show. So did like so did um Frank. So did Josh Allen and uh Devin Singletary. Like they 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 went off. And like Devin Cook, not bad either. But and then the finish. Like my god, the finish. Like Buffalo driving down the field and then like the freak of nature himself, Patrick Peterson, like the the truly ageless defensive back just nabbing that thing out of midair and and sealing the win for the Vikings. What a what a way to end that absolutely batshit insane game. <laughs> like this is this has been most of the games this year have been pretty terrible. Like a lot of games this year have been pretty freaking awful. That was not one of them. That game was really good. And like the weird thing is there's an outside possibility that could be the Super Bowl. Like there's an outside possibility uh Bills Vikings is is the Super Bowl. I still think it's going to be the Eagles even with that shocking loss to to the Commanders and like yeah. The refs fucked up. Like that fumble should not have happened. But also like on that on that Hail Mary at the end, that was that was a pretty dumb play. Like and that was all on the Eagles. That you can't blame the refs on that one. And you know exactly which play I'm talking about. But, like, the fumble that set up the Commanders taking the lead, that play should not have happened. Like, that was a that was a blatant face mask that, that went uncalled. Like, that should not have been Commander's ball. That should have been 15 yards for the Eagles. And presumably, they, they go on to win the game from there. But if you are in that situation at home against the Commanders, that's on you. Like, if you are in that situation as an undefeated team... Clearly with Super Bowl aspirations at this point. If you're in that situation at home against a very bad team like Washington, that is 100% on you. Like, sorry, Eagles fans, it's true. And I know most of you know that. But I know, I know Philly fans. And I know there are a lot of them who are probably blaming the refs. You, you should also blame your team for that one. They didn't play that great. But at the same time, better to get that loss out of the way now than do it in a couple months in the NFC Championship game. Am I right or wrong? Because most teams that win the Super Bowl, when you look back at their regular season, they have a, what the fuck were you doing there loss? The 2013 Ravens certainly did. The the 2012-13 Ravens sure did, and... Most Super Bowl teams since have had a really weird loss somewhere in their regular season. But that doesn't matter if you're having a parade in February. <laughs> like, that genuinely does not matter if in February, Lomb- the Lombardi Trophy is driving down the middle of whatever city you're from. Just saying. But... Yeah, that's what I got for this episode of the mashup. God, I really went off on Call of Duty there, but it needed to be said. 
But uh, what do you guys think about anything I had to say on the show? If you're a Warzone player who hates my guts, let me know. I Let it fly. Like, I let it fly on your game. Give it right back to me. I don't care. It's Call of Duty. We trash talk each other. Links for... Links for all the socials and everything will be in the show description as always. But uh, that's it for this week. Hope you all enjoyed. Talk to you guys next week. See you then.